Welcome back to the Fantasy Flavor Podcast, where we spice up your daily dose of fantasy football content. Join Dylan Thomas, Sanat Ansara, and Trenton Roberts as they provide you with player and team analysis, mock drafts, and one-on-one interviews. Hey, what's going on, viewers of the Fantasy Flavor Podcast? My name is Dylan Thomas, and I'm here with... Yours truly. Trenton Roberts, that's right. Yours truly. That's his nickname. Um, And we're just going to kind of do a (laughs) chill back talk. Um, We're about... I think we're around halfway of the college football season, I'd say. Maybe a little over. I can't remember how many weeks exactly. But we're going to kind of do like our kind of thoughts so far in the year, how it relates to Debbie League's 2020 Dynasty picks. So I'm excited. And I think there's no better way to start off than talking about Alabama. What have you kind of thought about this offense as a whole? The Alabama offense, I mean, you, usually most years they talk about the defense. The Alabama defense has always been what's been elite. But I think this year the offense is what's, really starting to dominate. It's led by, of course, by Tua. He's an amazing quarterback. I think after today, he threw his first interception. He's now 27 touchdowns to one interception. He also has like two rushing touchdowns, so he can run the ball when he needs to. And he's not even playing full games. So, I mean, he's an elite quarterback. What do you think about that? you think he's the top quarterback going into the draft? Oh, yeah, for me, it's never been a question about that. He's always been, like, the guy I'd take 101. Or, like, if you don't need a quarterback, you should trade back and grab a collection of picks. So I love Tua. I don't care how good his, uh, like, the talent around him is. I think the quarterback kind of makes the talent, in my opinion, to a certain extent. Right. So I agree with that. You know, I think he goes to Miami or maybe the Bengals. You know, one of those teams. So whoever, you know, gets the number one pick, I think that team will grab Tua. Right, and if if Miami does get that pick, they do all they do also will likely have another top five pick. They might be able to pair him up with his Alabama teammate Jerry Judy, give him a receiver. So, I mean, and Judy has been having a great year as well. Yeah, that whole wide receiver group's been having a great year. Even uh, Najee Harris. I mean, he's not doing amazing, but he's having a pretty good year too. The whole offense is blowing up. I mean, you have Judy, who's what? Judy probably has like 500 yards in the season, five, six touchdowns. Yeah, the yards has been a little like disappointing that. in the yards per reception. He hasn't been like as explosive. He's been, how do I, I feel like he's been more used like Stephon Diggs this season with more like underneath, under routes, which will translate better to the NFL. Right. So currently, Jared Judy has 42 catches for 500 and what 30 yeah 538 yards and six touchdowns then you also have the other two wide receivers henry ruggs the speed demon uh is now at uh about a, eight i think 18 catches for almost 400 yards four touchdowns from him or five touchdowns now sorry and you have the guy who blew up versus old miss Devonte smith who's another great talent, good NFL caliber wide receiver. He's now at, what, I want to say 40, 
38 catches. Yeah, 38 catches for over 600 yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, all of them are playing amazingly. What do you think about the wide receiver group? Of Bama, honestly? I still think Judy's a top five pick. I think Henny, uh, Henry Ruggs, not Henny Ruggs, that, Henny something else, <laughs> kids. Don't do Henny. You know, don't, don't even think about that if you're under, you know, the age of 21. But um, Henry Ruggs has been really good, really fast. He kind of reminds me of Marquise Brown, someone I might not be as high on, but I think he could go in the first round. He reminds me a lot of Hollywood Brown, a lot of Tyree Kill. Just unreal. He might be one of the fastest players in the NFL when he just enters the NFL day one. And then Devontae Smith. I mean, Devonta Smith, I believe it is. Just someone who's come out a little bit out of the blue. You know, people are like, oh, Jalen Waddle, he's really good. But Devonta Smith kind of made himself a name. So just, he's been really solid too. He might have been like the most productive Alabama wide receiver so far. He's getting like zero attention. He's been capitalizing. So do you, think those, do you think those four wide receivers, you mentioned Waddle, but do you think, Judy, Smith, Waddle, and Ruggs. Do you think that's the greatest wide receiver group in in, a, or in college football history? Quite possible. I mean... I've, I've heard that a lot from sort of like scouts and whatnot. Definitely. I mean, it's just really deep, too. And then you have Najee Harris, who's had a little bit of a disappointing year. He's shown awesome to see from my end. Some pass-catching repertoire, right? So overall, right. just the offense hasn't been running through him, though, so the production's been a bit down, so... You know, I like Bama a lot. They've been great. Should, in my opinion, be a Heisman candidate. Well, he is, but he should win it, in my opinion. So, I don't. That's what I gotta say about Bama. For sure, that just an amazing offense. They have, I think, five guys that will go in the first two rounds. My opinion. Phew. Clemson's another offense alone. Yeah, no, that offense is really good. But Clemson's the other. They're gonna have a lot more. A lot more what? A lot more players go in the first couple rounds of the draft. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Do you want to move on? For sure. Yeah, Clemson, I think, is the next team. Sorry. I was getting really excited about Clemson because <laughs> Alabama's really good. Yeah, Clemson's a little works. So Clemson has a lot of names, too, and some 2021 names. Um, Justin Ross had a nice kind of bounce back game. He has been a little disappointing, but he was solid. Trevor Lawrence um it's kind of had a bad year coordinated to the hype but i still think he's a really good quarterback prospect and that's all i want to say about them on my end that's just let's keep it simple there um the guys that i think are more applicable to our dynasty listeners though are gonna be travis Etienne and t higgins so higgins to me right now he's been really good in my opinion because he's kind of like i always thought ross was the number one last year and like higgins was like barely the number one like a 1a 1b i think Higgins has kind of more supplanted himself as a one. The question for Higgins will be athleticism. So let's see how he does in the combine. But he's looked really solid. If if I had to compare him to a player, I feel like a hmm, like a skinnier Michael Thomas, a skinnier Nikhil Harry, something like that. He could potentially be, which isn't bad. I think it depends on how fast his 40 is. That's the question. And ETN. He's finally started to catch some passes. He went from reports of being scared to catch the football. There's a report about that going around to now I think he's on pace to shatter like 20 receptions, which is a massive step for someone who said, I'm scared of catching a football, right? Um, so, but the problem is, I feel like ETN for me, it all depends on draft capital. So if he goes like the first round, the second round, 
like I'd be a lot more in on him. But if he goes in like the later rounds, I'm starting to be really scared. But Unreal Acceleration, the best accelerator in this running back class. Right. And Higgins, like you said, I mean, he's got a lot of talent. He's playing better this season than I think he did last season. It's still the question of that speed, like you mentioned. I mean, he's a big size mismatch receiver, but depends on how fast that 40 is. If he can if he can get it going, I think he's has a real chance of succeeding as a one or two on an NFL team. Uh, if he can't get that going, I think it'll be more of just a red zone situational wide receiver. But uh, yeah, ETN definitely still in that top three category. I think I'd still put him potentially as the third of those three, those being DeAndre Swift and Jonathan uh, Taylor. Both of those guys we'll talk about later. Uh, but ETN's definitely up there with those guys, and they're all catching passes this year a lot more than they have in previous years, which is good to watch. But uh, yeah, ETN's a electric playmaker. He's He's not really a smaller or anything, but I think he has that bounce outside kind of kind of like electric playmaking outside, like kind of like a Marlon Mack where he doesn't uh, grind as much inside the tackles, but when you get him in space, it's special to see. Yeah. Um, I think I dropped him outside of that first tier. I'm just, I, I, like I said, it depends on the draft capital. It's really hard to analyze these guys without their situations, but I do really think talent's like so, so, so important. But just draft capital, just kind of, especially for a running back, like you can like last a while with good draft capital. So um, yeah, he's definitely falling out of the first tier, but he's leading the second tier right now. But Taylor, and I think it's a perfect time to segue into DeAndre Swift and the Georgia Bulldogs then, right? Sure. Um, so Swift, right, has been really, really good this year. Um, I mean, I'd like to see a little more usage. I feel like he's on pace to catch a little less receptions, but I do feel like he's truly complete in the fact that Jonathan Taylor, like, is great and he's catching, like, a lot of passes, maybe even more than Swift this year. But, like, um, DeAndre Swift, I'd say, is, like, actually, like, a receiving back right now, and Taylor's, like, close to it. But, you know, Taylor's great, too. So I feel like you're kind of comparing, like, really, 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 really elite prospects to each other. Excuse me. So. Sure. I yeah, like Swift to- is mm-hmm. a dynamic. I, I've, I've said it uh, once in a podcast a while back, but I think DeAndre Swift, he, he reminds me of a young LaShawn McCoy with his uh, game-breaking cutting ability. Like, he's not really, he's not going to be the fastest running back. He's not going to be the strongest running back, but he may be the most elusive running back. You won't be able to tackle him just because you, you only get one hand on him. He's getting away from you. He's just so elusive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like Swift. He's my 102 right now. I'd go t- Taylor slash Swift, um, then Judy, then like ETN, and then CD Lamb, and then all those other names. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. But... So I, I, you know, so it's kind of up there for me. It kind of, I'm curious where he's going to be drafted though. Is he going to be a first rounder? Is he going to be a second rounder? I feel like Taylor is going to be the first back drafted. So I don't think he's going to be the first back drafted, but he could end up being the most talented. And I like the LaShawn McCoy comparison. So hats off to you. I think the only other 2020 name though is uh, Jake Fromm. We just had a really bad game versus 
horrible against, and it wasn't even really that great. You know, South Carolina, right? South Carolina. Yeah, he threw yeah. three picks. It was just ugly. It was ugly. Yeah. Like they did miss the field goal to tie it up in uh, double overtime, I believe. Yep. So, but like they, I believe it was like a three and out, and they like, practically handed like the, <laughs> you know, handed that field goal, and they still missed, which isn't you know anything to do with Fromm, but you know it's just kind of bad performance from Fromm. So Fromm, in my opinion, could be like Daniel Jones, who you like, right? He's not really sexy, but he reminds me of Alex Smith too. Like that's always been my comparison for Daniel Jones, and you know it's solid. You know, no problem with Alex Smith. He could win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith, right? I think he could. Not I mean, sexy. He's not gonna put your team on your back, but that's how I think of Jake Fromm. I don't know. After like seeing him this year, sure he's done some. He's had some good games, but I mean, even seeing him this year, Fromm, I don't even think he's really in that category of Alex Smith or. Uh, Daniel Jones. I think he's like just slightly beneath them, and like a category beneath. But I mean, he's he's certainly in that caliber of quarterback. He's a game manager. He's not going to do anything flashy. He's just going to pass the ball. You can pass it as much as you need to, but he's not going to be flashy or anything. And I just, if I'm looking for a quarterback for a fantasy team, of, mainly, I want to look for a quarterback who I know will go out there and like he could. Give me a decent, some decent numbers, or he could also like bl- absolutely blow up and give me some huge numbers on any given week. I don't think Fromm will be able to do that. I think he'll be more of that guy that he'll put up some decent numbers every week, but he won't have any huge. Yeah, huge games. For sure. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I, I feel like his game's more translatable to the NFL, too. Like, you just right. throw some pretty throws. and So I think, right. like, his upsides might be a little capped. Like, so, I mean, I guess if he goes to a team like New Orleans, or I feel like New England would really be, like, just... Wouldn't you feel like New England would be that team to snag him up in the first round and just make you know him what? into I something think... great? <laughs> like, I, I Honestly, though, you, with you bringing that up, I think that's that's what the best comparison is for me right now. I mean, he's. I don't think he'll be quite live up to that, but I think he reminds me of like the Tom Brady type player. Who he's a game manager. He's very smart. He's NFL ready, and he can come in and put up some decent numbers for you. And uh, he he's not quite the level, but I mean, he does best in like crunch time, and that's where he performs best. Yeah, no, that I, that's why I'm like, if he goes to New England, it's over because <laughs> he's just like young Tom Brady, in my opinion. You just kind of yeah. see it. Now, is he actually going to be Tom Brady? No chance in fucking hell. Don't ever say no. that. Don't no ever way. say that. But, no way, but that, that's his play style. He's yeah, that's a his game play manager style. Who yeah. Steps up in crunch time. Mm-hmm. And that can have some fantasy value. So I, I think it's going to be what teams put around him at the next level, as well as where is he drafted? He's a questionable right. guy. But Oklahoma. It's really exciting this year. Jalen Hurts could be a legitimate NFL quarterback. There's still some arm strength questions, but I've seen Lincoln Riley develop not only Baker Mayfield, but Kyler Murray too. Two walk-ons, I believe, and it's a number one overall pick. So Jalen Hurts looks great. Looks like another guy who could win the Heisman if it's not to a... Um, so, you know, and C.D. Lamb looks great too. C.D. Lamb absolutely tore apart Texas. Who did lead the uh, Big Twelve, I believe, and missed tackles? 
So, I mean, there's one catch on like a flea flicker where like he made like nine guys, like four guys miss on him or something crazy. But CD Lamb looks great. And if Judy wasn't here, CD Lamb would be a lock. CD Lamb literally is like a young Hopkins slash Adams. A lot of people say Hopkins. I, I think that's a very fair comparison. Um, I see Adams in him too. And since I labeled Nikhil Harry as um, Nikhil Harry's ceiling as Andre Hopkins, I'm going to say Devontae Adams for cd lamb just that way i'm not overdoing something but those two players play similar so my point is cd lamb's really good so i didn't mean to go on a tangent there what do you think about uh oklahoma um i i i agree i mean jalen hurts has been blowing up this year uh he's uh, like uh two he threw his first interception today um and he's now what 15 and one so i mean that's still really really good he's over uh uh, 1500 yards another 75 percent completion percentage so he's doing really well he also what rushed for 131 yards today in a touchdown he's a great running quarterback i mean he'll fit like an offense that likes to run the ball and give their quarterback like read options stuff like that i think that's where his best fit is if he goes somewhere else i don't know how well he'll fit but put him in like a uh, offense suited similar to uh, Carolina or uh, Baltimore, where you have a quarterback who you design plays where they can run with it. And that's where he'll fit best. But going on to C.D. Lamb, yeah, he's an amazing receiver. Uh, he's what? Uh, what? 24 catches now, I think. 26 maybe i don't know over almost 600 yards and nine touchdowns so, i mean i mean he's he's doing really well he's re- he's a really polished receiver he has great hands he's a great route runner the only issue i'd say with uh lamb though is even though he's a big receiver he's 6'2 He's kind of underweight for that size. He's only 190 pounds, and he's not that quick either. He doesn't have game-breaking speed. So, I mean, he's polished. He's a great polished receiver. It's just, will he be able to get open consistently or force himself open with power? I don't know, but I, I hope he can because he's looked really, really good with his routes yeah cd lamb could be the wide receiver one i don't think so i think judy's just that special but cd lamb i think goes top 10 potentially honestly judy has so much talent i mean you can't replicate that definitely but yeah lamb is lamb is definitely he's first he's probably going to go i'd say mid late first round i think he could go earlier I'd, he, you know, he might, he might, but I—that's I, where I would project him at currently. He's my uh, wide, wide receiver receivers too. aren't drafted as high as often. I think that's because of talent. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, to me, I think he's the next Devonte Adams. So, and I think he's already way more polished than Adams was coming out of college too. So, just because Hopkins, the Hopkins comp. Sorry, this is like a really. Uh, debated thing. I think he's not as physical as Hopkins. Like, even Hopkins isn't, like, as big for how big he plays. But, like, Adams is a little less physical, a little more, like, savvy. So, let's move on here to another name. Our first name here, just name flat out. Do you want to start us off? 
Um, sure. Let's go with Jonathan Taylor, the other of the trio dominant running backs. Potentially the best, honestly. I I'd have to say, yeah, it's right. It's right between him and DeAndre Swift still, but I'd say depends on what you're looking for because Jonathan Taylor is just a really really powerful back. He's got really good vision and decent cutting ability. So, I mean, he's that guy that will grind you out yardage. He can carry the ball a ton and will just wear a defense down compared to Swift, which is more of that dynamic guy. But depends on what offense you want. Depends on which offense they f- they fit into, they get drafted to. But, uh, yeah, definitely Taylor has that ability to be a really, really great NFL running back. The main thing is he's catching passes now, too. I believe right, he has awesome. 15 catches on the year as of after today's game and like 14 touchdowns and about 825 rushing yards. So like Heisman contender potentially like he, he can actually catch two now. Like I feel like ETNs are a little bit of dump offs, but like Taylor's actually being lined up out wide occasionally too. You know what I mean? I feel like ETNs are a little just like, oh, we have to get the ball to ETN. Meanwhile, Taylor's are actually like, oh, this guy can actually catch. Because both of them kind of have that concern. So the main concern is Jonathan Taylor is, I'm not concerned about the offensive line play. Because, like, Jonathan Taylor has a really great line, right? But Georgia's run blocking line is, like, even better. And this was brought up to me the other day, according to, like, PFF. At least they said that, right? So... I mean, you know, Daniel Smith has a really great line, too. So the only thing for Jonathan Taylor is he's ha- carried the ball so, 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 so much, Trenton. So, 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 so much. How right. long can he hold up in the NFL? And for me, if I'm drafting, I'll worry about that in a couple of years, you know? There's been right. no, no, there's been a study done, excuse me, that's shown that just because you carry the ball more in college doesn't mean you're going to be more injury prone in the NFL. The reason why people think that is because normally if you carry the ball a lot in college, you're kind of drafted higher, especially if you're drafted higher, because the draft capital of running backs is really important for how much they're used, right? So that's what happens. Because the more times you're going to carry the ball, the more likely they are to be injured, right? That just makes sense. So I, uh, I if anyone wants that study, hit me up on Twitter. I can link it to you. So, But I'd have to say the best thing uh, going for Jonathan Taylor right now is this nose for the end zone. In 2017, he had 13 touchdowns. 2018, he had 16. This year already, about halfway through the season, he's already sitting at 16 touchdowns, 12 rushing, four receiving. Didn't he have two today too? I don't even. That doesn't even count in the two he had today. Does that even even if it does? Yeah, even if it does. <laughs> even if it does, that's crazy. It's. I mean, he's just he has the nose for the end zone, and that's going to get. That's going to be great for the NFL giving you fantasy points like even if he's just used as a like a goal line back he's going to get you touchdowns yeah i think he do you think he goes top 10 in the nfl draft there there, there's a definite possibility i think he's he'll definitely go top 20 but top 10 is possible for sure yeah i mean he's i think as a prospect especially with his pass catching ability now he's up there with Fournette, Gurley was a top 10 pick, I believe. Um, Saquon and Zeke. 
Like, you know, I feel like you could really feature an offense around him, too. And McCaffrey, too. I even forgot about McCaffrey. How dare I forget about McCaffrey, who's <laughs> absolutely freaking killing it in fantasy right now. Yeesh, he's, he's insane. Think, but that's not the point. <laughs> I think of those guys, though, the best comparison for him would be Fournette. I mean, he's not... Fournette is the, was the most dominant running back like scouted running back that anybody had ever scouted. They're all they're all saying he's the best since what Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, Adrian Peterson. He, I mean he was he was an elite back. So I don't think Jonathan Taylor's quite on that level, but that's his style. He's a bruising back. And the one thing that I think really puts him in a slightly different category than Fournette is he's starting to catch the ball now. I mean sure it's only twelve catches. But he does have four touchdowns on those catches. He's when he catches the ball, he gets something going. So I mean he's shown the ability to do stuff after the catch in space. And I mean it's just going to be amazing to watch. And I really hope that he gets a good fit in the NFL, because if he does behind a semi decent O line, that's gonna be some really good fantasy numbers. Definitely. I think so, possibly. I mean, he could be a team that could potentially go to Lake of Miami. So I don't know. It just kind of depends on where Jonathan Taylor goes. But I'm not worried. If he's drafted in the top 10, I think he's going to be my 101. Because that just means he's going to get insane amount of carries right away. We've even seen Josh Jacobs. He's being mishandled, in my opinion, especially with pass catching. And he's still getting a lot of work. Especially when the game script's on his side. So, that's all I have to say about Taylor. I love him. J.K. Dobbins... I think is the next guy. He's been quietly good. Justin Fields has really taken over the show there. But just for Dobbins, I feel like he's that solid third round pick. Could end up being good. I mean, another guy I didn't put down but Cam Akers. He's kind of my fourth guy. He looked kind of bad versus Clemson today, but barely got the ball. So I think Cam Akers is going to be like a sleeper guy, like Kareem Hunt was in his class. But that's all I have to say about those two. How about you? Anything about those guys? Dobbins is... Of the top three running backs that we mentioned, we all we mentioned with all of them, they've improved their pass catching this year. Dobbins hasn't. He has, what, five catches total on the season? I think that's just kind of how the offense is working now, in my opinion. It may be, but, I mean, he just hasn't shown that. I mean, he did a little bit last year. He, he caught some balls, but he didn't do much with it. And I think I think he just needs to, if he can pick up the pace, Catching the ball, he should be fine. But this year, he's definitely regressed in that category. He's not done as well as he has in previous years. And Akers, I mean, he's a good back. He's got the good size, good speed. He's definitely talented. He just, and he, the one thing I really like about Akers, though, is he has improved in the receiving game. He has, what, 15 catches already? A couple scores, so I mean he that 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 may be higher. I don't even know. I'll find out for you if you want. But yeah, sure. But I mean, he's doing he's catching the ball compared to Dobbins. So I think as of right now, for a total like rounded back, I might put Acres above Dobbins. But yeah. I like both of them. I think they're both definitely in that second tier for me. Acres maybe throwing in mm-hmm. Eno Benjamin in that tier. You know, and maybe to... even a guy who's come on strong as of late, uh, J.J. Taylor from Arizona. Very undersized back, maybe like a Tariq Cohen for the league. 
Ooh, a potential sleeper. I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, but yeah, I mean, those guys, I think, are all great names to kind of mention. I think Cam Akers, for me, is my fourth running back in the 2020 class right now. And he's pushing up. Um, uh, Travis Etienne, sorry, I can't think of it. One more guy here I want to mention for running backs, and then we're going to kind of do some disappointing wide receivers here. It's going to be Chuba Hubbard. Have you seen him at Oklahoma State? He might be, like, leading the FBS in rushing. He's been insane, man. Like, if you haven't heard about Chuba, we, I had Ray Garvin on his, I guess, and he hyped him up a lot. Chuba Hubbard's looked really good. You got to check out him out. So Yeah, but he's he's only a sophomore, right? No, he I think he's draft eligible this year. I don't know if he declares, but I hope he does because he has tr- legit track speed, legit size. He showed up the pass catching last year. This year, unfortunately, he hasn't been catching money balls, which sucks. He just carried the ball a lot, though. Yeah, that's what they're—that's how they're using him. But he's shown he can pass catch, so I love Chuba. I uh, do you want to move on to the wide receivers here? Sure. The disappointing one for you is who? Um, I'd I'd say I have two pretty disappointing ones. All right, and uh, got Jalen Ragor, and you have uh. Lovisca Chenault. I mean, both those guys, I, I'd say starting the year, they were like both top five for me. Now they're pushing to maybe be top five in the class. I mean, they both really underperformed. Regor, he's what? Under 15 catches? I mean, sure, he's got a lot of speed and he's really, really quick. He's similar to like a Marquise Brown, but he just. He's supposed to be that lead guy carrying that offense. He, he's supposed to be the best guy on the offense. He just hasn't performed well. And then Chenault, I mean, sure, he's still putting up some decent numbers. And he has been injured a little bit. But he's just not performing up to the standards of some of the other wide receivers so far this year, such as uh, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, might even throw in Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. Uh, both the other Alabama receivers, maybe even T. Higgins. I mean, all those guys that might, I'm. I think I put Lavisca Chenault even with T. Higgins. So I mean, that's just he's just underperformed kind of for me. Yeah, I I, I really like T. Higgins and Visca and Ragor. Have I really loved Ragor too? Ragor was kind of my wide receiver three, and they just like the problem is like they can't get on the ball and it. And, like, I don't even care how productive your offense is as long as you have, like, a massive percent of that team's, like, production. You know what I mean? Because each offense is going to be different. It's really weird in college, depending on how offenses work. But they, it, I don't know. Like, they just can't get him the ball, which is weird because he was good as a freshman and a sophomore. But as a junior, they just – I don't know what's happening. And it sucks to see. It really does. I think he could be a sleeper name for me, but I don't know. That's frustrating. Right, Both 72 of them. catches. He had 72 catches in 2018. So far, halfway through 2019, he's sitting at 15. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get what changed. Because they were able to right. before. And I don't. I think he could definitely argue he's played a little worse. But he, he definitely looks fine out there. They just can't get him the ball. Right, and with that speed even. I mean, he hasn't shown that, like, run after the catch or anything. He only, His long for the year is, what, 29 yards, I think. I don't think they can push the ball downfield enough. I don't know. I, I feel like I that hope, offense. I hope is they just... can fix that because I mean he has talent. He's a talented guy. He's really quick and 
he's like that Marquise Brown, like I said, but I mean, if they can't, I mean, that really hurts his stock a lot. Yeah, it sucks to see. And Visca, I've always had kind of health, had health concerns. I thought, you know, like a lot of, you know, he kind of reminded me of Harry as like a player. Like I always thought those two were like really similar too, but it, like the production hasn't been there. So, like, you know, that was, like, one thing that, you know, you could at least say with bigger-bodied guys like Harry, and even some of, like, the busts in the NFL, like, Doxon or all those, you know, Doriel Beckham, like, they had production. Just Miska hasn't been producing this year. And he was so dynamic, and then he got injured. I feel like the injuries kind of held him back. So, that's all I have to say about those two guys. Right. Um, I guess, on. Yeah, last, how about you tell us who we have last? Two names, I think, right? Oh, uh, three. Oh, uh, I think we already talked on. about the first one, though, right? Yeah, yeah, we mentioned him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's just do the quarterbacks. But uh, we got Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Oh, don't forget Jordan Love. I almost forgot Jordan Love. That's probably yeah, what you meant. My yeah, bad, my bad. Is. It's fine. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Okay, so disappointing. I mean... Jordan Love's been the most disappointing. Herbert's been meh. And Joe Burrow's been holy shit, you know? So that's kind of how I describe those three, right? Joe Burrow's played amazing. I love it. I mean, he's, it's what, just started the second half against uh, Florida, who has a really, really good defensive backfield. And he's sitting at three touchdowns right now against zero picks. I think on the year, what, he has... Uh, three interceptions against now 25 touchdowns. Also another over 75% completion percentage. Another one of those guys I really like to look at. Or no, sorry, Burrow has two touchdowns. But he's 14 for 15. That's, I mean, he's just crazy. Burrow's I, I think he's, he's blowing up. But like the other two, really, really underperforming. Justin Herbert has the tools. Has all those tools, he just isn't quite performing up to what I hoped he would. He has the tools to be so much better. It might be the offense he's in, and he still has those tools. Just he's kind of not played as well as. I mean, going into the year, it was supposed to be a toss up between him and Tua for which quarterback was going to be taken first, which one was the better prospect. And now it's clearly Tua. Yeah, definitely is. For me, it always was, but I think this year's just clarified that Herbert's more of a projection. And then, of course, Jordan Love, the guy who has now six touchdowns against eight interceptions. Yikes, he's really raw, man. Right. I mean, did they play today, even? I don't know. I don't even... Here, let me look. Yeah, you but can look depending on it. what the stats are for that game, he might be even worse than no, they didn't play today. But he's what? He's six touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's not even playing great. He's sitting at a completion percentage of about um just above sixty percent. Which I when I look at college football quarterbacks, I've been I've said it a few times throughout the podcast so far, but I like getting guys 75% and up. That means they can dominate their competition in college football, which means they should be pretty good in the NFL. Jordan loves barely above 60%. He's treading water. And he's not even throwing great. He has six touchdowns, eight picks. It's just, going off of last year, he looked elite. 
He looked like he was going to be the third quarterback on that list behind Herbert and Tua. And now he's nowhere near that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Burrow is the guy, the third quarterback off the board in the real draft. So he's been, he's just been incredible, you know? And then Love's really falling off. Love isn't Love a senior, so he's going to have to declare, which sucks to see. And Herbert's a senior too, but I think Herbert will be the second guy off. I just feel like they're in love with his intangibles. He reminds me of Ryan Tannehill coming out, who could be something, you know? Tannehill was thrown into Miami. It wasn't too pretty, um, obviously, for him. So that's all I have to say about any of those guys. Do you have any other guy you want to mention? Um, Not off the top of my head. I mean, we went over pretty much everybody. Yeah, that was pretty uh, awesome. Let me take a quick look through my lists. No problem. See if any names stand out, but I think we mentioned all the big big ones that have major fantasy impact for next year's draft. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe Jacob Eason from Washington. Oh, yeah. I think he could be I another mean, one, too. He's looked decent. He's has like a 67, 66% completion, which again is under my 70 to 75, which I usually look for. But I mean, he's at least better than love in that he has 11 touchdowns to three interceptions. So, I mean, yeah, he's another quarterback that may have some, if, depending on if he get where he gets drafted, he might have fantasy relevance long-term. Definitely. And he brought up uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden. I think yes. I said that backwards. That was my sleeper. I tweeted it out months before the season started. He's been dominating. Reminds me of like Hakeem Butler, but hopefully right. he'll be more appropriately priced. And hopefully he'll go earlier too. It sucks Hakeem went so late. He's, and, right now he's averaging over 20. He, he's averaging like tw- over 22 yards per catch. He's been insane. And AJ Dillon, I mean, someone who is rightfully criticized. Now I think he's become a value in Davy Leagues. And I'm curious to see where he goes. He reminds me of Leonard Fournette Light. So, I mean, take that as you will. He's, like, really big. I don't think that's a problem either. The Fournette's look pretty solid this year. Leonard Fournette's always been solid. Going back to... I don't don't think it's for this upcoming draft, but for the following. One name that I... I was looking at the LSU game a little bit, and I was seeing how dominating Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been doing. How dominant he's been this game. He has eight carries for 125 yards and two touchdowns. And I, again, I don't know if he's draft eligible this year, but for next year, that's a name to definitely look forward to. What's the name? Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Oh, yeah. No, I think he's eligible next year. Sorry, I had to think right, about that, it for that's, a sec. But I, just looking at the game, that's a name you want to look for ne- next year, not this year. but Yeah, definitely. Um, but with that being said, I think that's all from us. So... With that being said, have a fantastic rest of your day, guys. Anything to say, Trent? Nope. Go ahead and take us out. All right. Awesome. Have a good one, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Feel free to leave feedback, subscribe, or check out our previous content. And remember, have a fantastic rest of your day.